0: You're listening to the Today in the Word radio podcast. This week, we bring you a five part series of messages Howard Sugden presented on the life and mission of Jesus Christ at Moody Week at Gull Lake, Michigan Bible Conference 1979. Howard Sugden was a pastor and conference speaker from Lansing, Michigan. Now, here is Howard Sugden on Today in the Word radio.
1: I read the word of a newspaper man the other day who said he did not know anything about prophecy and was not a student of the word of God, but he smelled wind up in the air. It is interesting to hear the voices of men of other days, how they thought about the times in which they lived. H.G. Wells, who certainly was not a believer said, The end of all we call life is at hand. Dr. Hutchins said, I cannot see any future for our known world. The man who headed the Atomic Energy Commission, Mr. Murray, appraised these days in which we live and concluded, Man now has the power to put an end to history. Think of it. That we are living in a day when man has the power in his hand to end history. Now, what is really ahead for this world? What is ahead for this earth? This is a great study in the Word of God. Now, you would want me to tell you what I believe, wouldn't you? I'm going to anyway. <laughs> but first of all, I would like to say a little word about the Lord's return for me. I personally believe, and you may disagree with me, and if you do, you won't be angry, will you? You'll just go through life wrong. I believe the Lord Jesus could come tonight. I believe that on our way home, as we drive along the road and listen to Hale and Wilder and Doug Odom and some of my other favorite singers in our little tape deck, that the Lord Jesus could split the skies and call us home. And I love that because I have looked for His appearing ever since I was saved and His appearing is nearer tonight than it has been any other time. So I believe He's going to come for us. Now, not everyone agrees with me, and I like the folk who don't agree with me, but on the way up, I'll say, see, I told you, I told you. Now, what is going to happen to this earth? I want to read a passage from the book of Revelation. Then I'll tell you what we're going to do in 25 minutes. We will read the book of Isaiah. All right? Go with me to the book of Revelation to one verse that is a great verse. All of the hymnology of the world could be crammed into this and flow out of this, in Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world. Now let's stop there. The kingdoms of this world. You can take your little world tonight, put your finger on it and twirl it and put down your finger anywhere and you touch a kingdom of this world. And the writer of the Revelation is saying that there is going to come an hour when there will be a transfer of government. For the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. We have a new prime minister in Canada. We have a president in our great land. We love our queen. I never sing, God, save our gracious queen, but I just stand erect and thank God for her. You know history, and I know history, and you know the kingdoms of this world, and someday, someday, the Lord Jesus will come and he will reign upon this earth. And these kingdoms will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. And the Word of God tells us that we will live and reign with Him. He is going to come for me, and then He is going to bring me with Him when He returns to reign upon this earth. I had a friend who did so much for me when I was just a young pastor. He sort of took me under his wing and called me and once in a while stopped to see me and encouraged me. His name was H.H. Savage. Some of you remember him. I will never forget him. And before he slipped away to heaven, he wrote a book that not many people know about. It's a book about the heavenlies which he discusses the wonder of that day when we will reign upon this earth. Now go with me to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is a great book. It has 66 chapters. You would know that we could not read it in 25 minutes. So we will be selective. What will happen upon this earth? What do we look forward to? I believe before I read Isaiah and let him speak. That everything that man is making now, now everything that we have now, I believe, will be used in the day when the Lord Jesus reigns upon this earth. I don't think he's going to take all the DC-10s and do away with them. I don't think so. Or the 747s. I don't think so. I think all that man has done and man has made that is usable, God will use in his millennial day upon this earth. And if you want some time to read all about it, I'm only reading Isaiah tonight. If you want uh, some time to read all about it, a man by the name of William Edward Beterwolf wrote a book entitled The Millennial Bible. No one bought it. it was too, the, the title didn't appeal to anyone. So they changed the title of it and called it The Second Coming Bible. And now everybody buys it. You buy it and read the whole account of what will happen in the scriptures. But I'm reading Isaiah. Chapter 2, verse 1. The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall come to pass in the latter days. This word, the latter days, is used 14 times in the Bible. The Jewish people said it has to do with the reign of Messiah upon this earth. I believe that. I believe that these Old Testament prophets, that starts back in the book of Genesis in chapter, let's see, in chapter 49 is the first usage of it, and it is used 14 times. They look forward to the day when Messiah would come, and he came, and he died, and he rose again, and he ascended into heaven. He is now seated there. But he will come again and he will take his position and he will reign upon this earth. In the latter days, he says, it's going to happen. Now what will happen? And it shall happen in those days It will come to pass. In those days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains. And shall be exalted above the hills and all the nations. So the nations are going to be involved in his reign. They will flow into it. And many people shall go and say, Come you and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And so you have all of the 747s and the DC9s and the stretch 9s and all the 727s, and you have them all going into Jerusalem. This is what it says. The nations will pour into Jerusalem. And God will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So there is going to be a capital of this world and of the nations, and that capital will be Jerusalem. I hope you've been there. If you haven't been there, you wait and go in the millennium. It'll be cheaper. Did you know that? The rates will be cut in the millennium, and you can go in the millennial days much cheaper. But I tell you, it is something. The first time I saw Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem, I gasped. Our bus driver drove outside the city. It was nighttime, and our tour guide man said, Pastor Sugden, you be ready, and you read one of the great psalms. And I read one of the psalms about the city of Jerusalem, and we looked out upon it. And I thought of the day when the Lord Jesus died outside a city wall, rejected by his people, coming again to reign in that city. And Jerusalem, not Rome, not Washington, not Berlin, will be the capital. But Jerusalem will be the capital of the earth. That's what he says. Now note, and he shall judge among many nations, and he shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Do you know what will mark the first great mark, Isaiah says, of the millennial day will be that it will be a day of peace? You know, I know a little about war. You wouldn't believe it, would you? But I've lived through two world wars. I was a wee kitty when the First World War came, and I remember how I worried about my daddy as he would have to go to war. And we fought the war with the Kaiser to make the world safe for democracy. And then I was there when Hitler began his march through Europe. And do you know that today we are bankrupting our world for armaments? You say, Pastor, isn't it terrible? I say, Great! A fellow came to me the other day and said, oh, I think it's terrible that you encourage the government to be buying armaments and building planes. And I said, That's the only way we're safe in this world. This is not the day of peace. There are few people who go around slapping, slapping Muhammad Ali. Not many. And they're not going to attack a nation this strong. The only way we will survive is by our military might, in this age, in this age. I didn't say about this age, because you know what's going to happen. There will be a day when all the armaments that man has made and all the shells and all the bombs. I was speaking, speak, speaking one night down in, in St. Louis. A man sat right down on the front seat. He, he looked so big and handsome. I knew he was somebody real important. And, uh, When I left the platform and moved away so they could show a picture, this man grabbed me by the coat as I went by and said, I want to talk with you. And he took me in the back room. And you know, he he was a big shot in in the government and in in the United States Army. And he said to me, Pastor Sugden, do you have any idea how many nuclear warheads there are now poised, poised, he said, to strike us? I said, I don't have any idea. Then he told me. And when I came to, I was in no—I wasn't either. But, uh, I, but, imagine it, poised to strike at us. You know what I'm looking for? I am looking for that day when the Lord Jesus, whose right it is to reign, will come, and when the kingdoms of the world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and will not learn any will we'll learn war anymore. Won't have any gold stars up in our house of God to say our boys just went away, and those gold stars say they have been killed. Won't have it anymore. No more. No more. What a day. You know, the Christian, we ought to be the happiest people in the world, don't you think so? Ah, uh, you know, a, a sad Christian is a contradiction. Don't you think so? I know you do. All right, let's go to Isaiah 11. Let's go to Isaiah 11. We, got, we have about 15 chapters to read, so I have to go rapidly. Isaiah 11. First, we'll learn war no more. All the armaments done away. No more war. No more conflict. Verse 3, 11 3. And he shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes neither reprove after the hearing of his ears but with righteousness can you believe that there will be a day when all the courts of the world who that will be under his control will be dispensing righteousness he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes or the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness. With peace there will be justice upon the earth." A little kid talked to me the other day. I, I thought he had something. I-, 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 I did smoke once in my life. I smoked, I smoked a pipe. Oh, I love that pipe. You know i just smoked it then i got saved i remember the first time i threw it away <laughs> after i was saved i threw it away and watched where it landed <laughs> and then uh, there came a day when i threw it away for good and i mean for good but this young kid talked with me He's not he wasn't a christian he said pastor Do you think, really, that there is any justice in our courts today? I said, tell me what your beef is. He said, my beef is that some little kid makes a mistake, and he does this, and he does this, and he is slapped into the cooler. And a man murders. And because he has clout and money, he escapes. He said, do you think that's fair? I said, I never said I thought it was fair. It isn't fair, and it will never be fair as long as the world is the way it is. But I'll tell you, there is coming a day when there will be justice upon this earth, and all the judges will dispense justice and righteousness. Can you imagine what that would do To live in a world, no armaments, no wars, no injustices. Look at the same chapter and in the next, in verse 9. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains. We are talking now, Isaiah is talking about something that is so up-to-date it is painful because he is saying that when the Lord Jesus comes to reign upon this earth, there will be upon this earth a non-violent society. A non-violent society. It is not for this particular hour in which we live. This is the day of violence. And as this day goes on, you will remember this. As this day goes on and we come near and near the culmination of this age, there will be more and more violence in our world. I was, a man picked me up at a airport not long ago in one of our vast cities, and we drove down through the city in the nighttime. I looked out and I didn't see one soul. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see a soul. I said to him, What has happened to your city?" He said, Pastor Sugden, no one is safe in this downtown area after night. No one. He said, We don't come here. We stay out. The day we can exist, the night we can't endure—violence. When the Lord Jesus talked about the latter days, he said they would be like the days of Noah. You know what marked the days of Noah? This is what marked the days of Noah. The earth was filled with... You know what the next word is? Violence. It was filled with violence. So I am never amazed at anything that's said in our paper, anything I see in television, anything I hear, because the earth was filled with violence in Noah's day. And Jesus said in the day it would be like Noah's day. And do you know that as the day goes on, it will prepare for the man who is called in the word of God the violent one. Isn't that amazing? He is called the lawless one. And when Antichrist takes over, then violence will reach its head. But when he comes, when he shall come. Oh, I love that. We sang the other night, Joy of the world, the Lord has come. But did you know that Joy of the world, the Lord has come as a millennial song? No more let sin or sorrow grow, or thorns infest the ground. He comes to mate. That's a millennial song. We use it for Christmas. It's all right. Don't change. It'd be terrible to do that. So don't change. But now let's look again. In Isaiah 29. Isaiah 29. We're reading slowly, but we're getting there. Verse 18. I do not know. Some days when I read this, this this has to change all of the sorrows and all the sufferings and all the hurts and all the wounds. Look at it. Isaiah 29, 18. And in that day shall the deaf hear. The words of the book And the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity. I say, in that day, all of the deformities of life will be removed. I never see a little blind boy but what my heart aches. In our conference up at Grand Rapids, many of you have been there, all of you, at the Grand Rapids Baptist College, when uh, they wheel in the little girl that has no legs. They wheel her in put her down so near the front. And I look down, and I say, Oh, dear Lord, isn't that awful? But to think that there is going to come a day when all of the deformities will be removed. Then shall the eyes of the blind be opened, Isaiah cries. Then shall the ears of the deaf be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart. A new society has come, the great society of God upon the earth. It's better than the New Deal, it's better than any other deal. It's God's deal. For years at South Church, you know what we did at South Church? One day, one, and when I think of this, I think of all the areas around our churches that we might be working in. You know, now we have a deaf church. We have a Korean church. We have a pastor who, who is not deaf, but he ministers to the deaf. We have a Korean pastor. Oh, bless him. But someone came to me and said, Pastor Sugden, do you think that the, the School for the Blind here in Lansing would— be interested in our helping them. And the lady who talked to me, I said, "We'll try it. So she called. And the man who was in charge of the School for the Blind was a Catholic man. And when my secretary talked with him and said, you know, we're interested in the school and the children, would you be interested in our helping them? And he, he gasped, and then she thought he'd gone. And then he said, uh, I'm still here. But he said, I'm overcome because in all the years I've been a part of this school, there's never been a church in this city that's offered to do anything for our children. He said, what would you propose? She said, I think it'd be wonderful, don't you, if they had a chance to come to church? He said, I think it would. She said, you just got your blind children a church. And do you know, for years, we sent buses to the blind school, and we brought the blind boys and girls. And if you couldn't preach, you could preach after we sang the doxology on a Sunday morning. Here was a whole section over here of blind boys and girls. And when you saw them stand and sing, praise God from whom all blessings flow, your heart just popped. And do you know what happened? Those children were saved. Many of them, many of them gone on now, some of them out. I know where some of them are in their ministry and what they're doing. One day I got a little letter. It was from a mother over, I think, in the Muskegon area. She wrote and said Dear Pastor Sugden, you will be interested to know that our little girl just died. And we want to write and say thanks to you because it was in your house of God that our little blind child came to know the Lord Jesus as her Savior. And she's in heaven. It's great, you know. I think of all the opportunities God gives to us. But you know what's going to happen? Someday, 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 all of the deformities, all of the deformities will be removed. I wish it were now, but it isn't now. It will be then, now, now, then, he says. And sometimes go through the book of Isaiah and put in, put a circle around the word, then, 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 then. Not now, then, it's going to happen. Let's go fast now. We got we got 12 minutes and we got to finish. 33. Let's 33. Isaiah 33 and 24. I like this one. And the inhabitant shall not say I am sick. Sickness will be removed. In the day when the Lord Jesus comes, there will be peace, there will be justice, there will be the removal of deformities, and there will be no more sickness. I love Revelation, and I love the wonderful chapter where John sees the city of God coming down from heaven. He talks about a day, and this day is a day when there will be no more sickness. Tomorrow I'll visit the hospitals. I'll stop by beds. I'll say goodbye to people who will be leaving for heaven. And then to know that sometime there will be no more sickness. No more. I tell you, when you begin to think of this, you'll get goosebumps. you renew. You say, God isn't through with the world yet. Oh, no, he isn't through with it yet. His Son is going to rain upon it. Now go to 35. We're right near it. Let's not pass 35. 35 and 1. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. He said, you know, the flowers are going to sing and the trees will clap their hands because something will happen. When creation, when Adam and Eve fell, when Eve took of that forbidden fruit, as Milton says, and brought into the world all our woe, and when Adam shared with her, do you know what happened? Creation fell it fell it suffered Paul says the whole creation this whole world the little ducks out on the lake I'm so glad they don't drown when they go underwater like that Paul says the whole creation this is Romans 8 groaneth and traveleth together in pain with us until now Waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, that is, when we come back with Him, because then will creation be changed. No more let sin and sorrows or thorns infest the ground. They came when the fall came, and all that we have done, all the problems we have with flies and mosquitoes, we wouldn't have that work to do if Noah had just swatted two. Did you know that? (laughs) The curse will be removed from the ground. What a day. What a day. Now we have two more, and then we'll go. Go with me to Isaiah 65. This is an interesting one. There's so much to say about this. Verse 20. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days. For the child shall die an hundred years old, but the sinner being an hundred years old shall be accursed. I think he's talking about longevity returning to men. We are living, you, of course, you knew that, didn't you? That we are living longer today than we ever lived before. The lifespan for men and women has been extended. Right now they, they tell me that probably in the next 15, 20 years, if the Lord Jesus doesn't come, that we will pull out our lifespan to 100 years. And if we do, it will be labor and sorrow, for we will soon be cut off and we will fly away. I'm sure that man will be able, if the Lord Jesus doesn't come, to. Pull out the span of life of our existence and we will live longer. But in this particular day, when the Lord reigns upon this earth, longevity that was prevalent in the early days when the Lord's creation was fresh and new you know, it had all the vitamins, you have all the vitamins in it then. The ground wasn't old and the vitamins weren't drained, so people drank water. Pure water. No pure water now. They ate food that was filled with good vitamins. Now you have to get them at Walgreens. <laughs> but when the Lord comes, you know what's going to happen? He is going to return us to that day. And he said, uh, a, man, a man 100 years old would just be. He's just a youngster. Isn't that going to be great? You'd like to be there, wouldn't you? You really? Well, that's going to happen. Now let's look at the next, and then we'll close. And he shall build houses, or they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit, they shall not plant and another eat. Then he goes on and describes, They shall not labor in vain nor bring forth in trouble, because you know what is going to happen there will be what every man has planned for, hoped for, and imagined upon earth. There will be on this earth at that time a perfect economic system. A perfect There is no perfect one now. Mrs. Sugden and I just spent a couple of days up at Lake Louise up in Canada. And in our hotel where we stayed, the, the people poured in at the rate of about 800 a day, maybe 1,000 a day, and they stayed overnight and then left the next morning. I was interested in this because most of them were Japanese. I would presume over half of all the folk who came were Japanese. So I said to my the man who was the head of the hotel who was running the baggage part of it, I said to him, how does it happen? You have so many Japanese. Well, he said, you know, it's because of money. I said, tell me about that. Well, he said, the moment that a man, a Japanese man, lands in Vancouver, gets off his 747, if he has brought $1,000, he has 2000 Because their money is worth twice as much as Canada's. They're wealthy. If he, if he brought $5,000, he's worth $10,000. He just doubled it. He just doubled it by crossing the ocean, coming over. You say, Pastor, what about this economic system? It bothers me. I don't know anything about it. Somebody said money talks, and it does. To me, it says goodbye. <laughs> but, uh, but, I, I, uh, uh, but, but to think that there's going to be a day when there will be a perfect economic system a perfect economy on this earth. It'll never be under man's domain and man's dominion. It will never be. But do you know what we have read tonight? We have read from the book of Isaiah all that every man in every age has hoped he'd have. He not only has read we not only have read all that every man in every age would hope that he would someday have but we have read what politicians have promised us through the passing centuries this will happen to you this will happen to you i remember promises and it never happens because man promises but he cannot produce it but our lord says it will come and the one who created all things and who sent his Son to be our Savior, who now lives in heaven for us, is going to come some day to take us. And he will come back, and he will reign upon this earth, and everything that man is hopeful for will happen, because it will be the golden age, the age of the reign of Jesus Christ. And do you know what Zacharias says to climax it all? And the Lord, Zechariah fourteen nine, shall be king over all the earth in that day. And so we say, Oh Lord Jesus, how long, how long ere we shout the glad song, Christ returneth, hallelujah, and he returns to reign, and he shall reign where'er the sun doth his successive journeys run. And I anticipate that day
0: with great expectation. You've been listening to the Today in the Word radio podcast and a message titled The Reign of Christ that Howard Zugden presented at Moody Week at Gull Lake, Michigan Bible Conference, 1979. Howard Zugden was a pastor and conference speaker from Lansing, Michigan. Audio copies of this and many other messages from the podcast are available at MoodyAudio.com. We invite you to join us next week as we bring you a five-part series of messages on Discernment by Vance Havner. Today in the Word Radio is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of the Moody Bible Institute.